The views in this podcast are the participants' own and are not the views of their respective companies. Welcome to Aerox The Legacy Life, the podcast asking, what does a career in runoff insurance or reinsurance actually look like? I'm your host, Katie Reynolds, and today we are joined by Chris Hampshire, Vice President of Gallagher Bassett's Carrier Practice. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. Could you please start by describing what you do as the vice president of Gallagher Bassett's carrier practice? And maybe tell us a little bit about what Gallagher Bassett does. I don't know as we've had, uh, I don't remember having someone who worked for a TPA on here before. Sure. Yeah. So why don't, why don't I start there? So um, I'll start with what a TPA is and we'll, we'll kind of work into how I came to be in my position. So essentially what a claims third-party administrator is, that's what the TPA stands for, is we essentially at Gallagher Bassett and other TPAs, we manage claims on behalf of someone else, right? So about 60-ish years ago, there was a significant loss and, and, and I, I'll direct folks to our website, but there was a significant loss at uh, a Catholic school in, in Chicago that led to to, um, the Gallagher family to do two things. One is to really take a hard look at risk control and also as well, think about how to structure insurance a little bit differently. And so Gallagher Bassett was really one of the first TPAs in the US to launch and, and put together programs where essentially they were handling claims on behalf of self-insured entities, on behalf of municipalities uh, and the like. And so in the legacy space, what we find is that when legacy portfolio players are taking on, are taking on new tranches of claims, Sometimes they're they're not able to, or they don't wish to have the same claims handling center uh, manage those files. And it, it, in those places, a claims TPA can step in and, and help provide oversight as well. You know, a claims TPA. What 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 do we offer? Well, we basically are offering two things. We're offering talent, so claims talent, um, oftentimes in a lot of very specified areas. So, for example, if you are ha- handling a portfolio of federal claims, you're going to want to have claims adjusters who handle federal claims and have that background and have the requisite licensing. And then similarly, anybody who's involved with uh, coverage lines like New York labor law or California construction defect and and liability and things of that nature, you're going to want to have people who are specialized in that. And so that's what Gallagher Bassett provides and what other claims TPAs provide. Gallagher Bassett is part of the overall Gallagher portfolio of companies. Um, We are kind of our own standalone entity a little bit. And on the risk management side, we handle uh, a a lot of larger risk management accounts where they're self-insured, a lot of municipal accounts. So we sort of have three different categories. We have that category. We have our captive group, which is growing quite a bit. And then we have the group that I'm a part of, the carrier practice. And here's Katie Well, I'll back into you know, how I, I came to join Gallagher. About seven years ago, almost exactly, uh, our, our CEO, our global CEO, Scott Hudson, sort of took a look at our portfolio of, of, of uh, accounts and said, you know, we've got, we've got a, good, a good grouping of accounts where we're handling claims directly on behalf of carriers. For example, like several years ago, two prominent that global uh, property and casualty carriers wanted to start up construction practice groups, but they didn't want to have to open up work comp offices all around the country. They didn't really have that claims expertise in construction. And so they essentially asked Gallagher Bassett to handle those files. And then similarly, there was a regional entity in the Mid-Atlantic that was writing a lot of workers' compensation business uh, as a carrier and um, decided they wanted to become a true 50-state entity. But again, in certain states for work comp, you've got to have offices in that state. You, you need to have the jurisdictional knowledge. I mean, is anyone in insurance or especially in the claims world knows 
every state's sort of like its own little, it can all, oftentimes feel like its own little fiefdom a little bit, like there's different laws, regulations and the like. And so um, that, that regional carrier approached Gallagher Bassett about handling all claims west of the Mississippi. And so essentially leveraged Gallagher Bassett's claims handling services to become a 50 state carrier. And now they're, they really are a true national player. And so our, our CEO took a look at the book and said, you know, we've got a, a, a grouping of, of, of claims here and we're not even really focusing on this business. And so I was approached in my background, I got my start back in way back in 2003, uh, it's painful to say that, but um, with Liberty Mutual and had a, a background uh, for the first eight years of my career and more property and casualty, overall sales and marketing, not, not so much claims. Um, and from there I pivoted, I was with a regional broker here in the Philadelphia area, family-owned enterprise, where I did a little bit of everything. I was uh, vice president of, uh, of sales operations, but I mean, I, I was doing sales production. I was doing uh, marketing of accounts. I was working with the carriers on making sure that we understood their products and services and that we were placing business effectively. I was doing market placement. I was doing marketing for the firm, a little bit of everything. So it was a great experience for about two and a half years. From there, I pivoted over to PMA and had responsibility. PMA stands for Pennsylvania Manufacturers. They're a, a national work comp uh, insurer and also claims TPA. And they gave me an opportunity to learn the, uh, the claims TPA space. And I had an opportunity to work on a, a bevy of great accounts, including my alma mater, the University of Pennsylvania. So that was fun. Gave me a chance to get back to Philadelphia. I should note that I relocated, or I lo uh, relocated to the Philadelphia area from Maryland where I grew up and uh, where I'm originally from um, with Liberty Mutual back in 2006. Working for PMA, I was, I was working in their home office and it was a great experience. And then um, Gallagher Bassett came calling and, and said, hey, we're, we're looking for someone to help uh, start up this new entity. And we think that there is going to be a market uh, in the future for carriers who are essentially going to look in the mirror and just say, hey, look, is claims really part of my core competency? Or if I'm a program administrator, you know, do I do I really want to have in-house claims or does it make sense for me to partner with someone where that's all they do? Or startup entities where they're going to look and maybe say, hey, I want to focus more on underwriting and distribution. And I think I've got great actuarial data or I've got some digital technology that I think will help me better penetrate the marketplace, but you know, I don't really know claims. I really need someone to partner with. And so that's the space that I've been in for the last seven years. And, and sort of how that plays into the legacy space is that we're just seeing a lot more movement in the legacy space right now. I think to, to be transparent, there's there's a lot of uh, larger um, portfolio companies that are out there that, that candidly uh, either don't currently have their own claims uh, handling uh, services or don't wish to expand what they do have. A lot of times they're seeing a benefit to working uh, with a uh, national, or in, in our case, a global TPA like Gallagher Bass. So there's a lot we can bring from a technology standpoint to the table. And so it's really been, it's been great. And, you know, we're fortunate we've had some success. I mean, I'm proud to share not so much in the legacy space, but, you know, we've just formed a partnership, for example, with AIG where we're handling the vast majority of their workers' compensation claims here in the U.S. moving forward. So things like that have started to, to, to sprout up. And as we look at the, the landscape of, I think, where the industry is going, I do think we're starting to see more of a focus on kind of what, what is my core competency. And if I don't, if I don't truly have a differentiator, if I don't truly feel like I've got a, a market advantage to having this service in-house, maybe it makes sense to find a good partner. And uh, that's, that's the space that we're in right now. So one of the questions that I really want to ask you is, how do you think we can get more young professionals in interested in insurance and reinsurance? Because I know you have done a ton of work trying to educate and bring people into the space. So I just want to talk about that. For anyone who doesn't know, Chris has a fantastic podcast that I am a big fan of for the past few months. I've been listening to it. It's 
great. Uh, and I want to say that I learn something every time I listen to it, which is not something I can say for every insurance podcast out there. So definitely check out In the Know uh, by the CPCU Society. So yeah, what, what sort of things do you think we can do to bring more young professionals into the space? So th- there's a lot. There's a lot we can do. And thanks for for teaming me up on this. As you, as I think you know, this is a, a an area of passion for me. So I think I think a few things. I think number one, um, and for those that that if I could just sort of share as well, I, I've been also been active on the the professional organization side with the the CPCU Society since since you mentioned it. So this year I'm the global president, um, and I I earned my my designation back in 2010, and and pretty quickly got involved with the Philadelphia chapter, which is one of the larger chapters. And for me, I found it to be a great way to do kind of three things, right? Number one was to develop my leadership skills. I always say that if if you really want to learn how to be a leader, you know, get involved with a nonprofit organization where you're trying to get things done with people who don't directly report to you and, and their, you know, their income isn't driven by what they do for you. So it was great from a leadership standpoint. I think it was also great for me from a knowledge standpoint. So I mentioned I got my start in property and casualty, but, but really it was primary property and casualty with Liberty Mutual and then on the broker side. And so I'd go to these Philadelphia meetings and I, I'd be sitting next to, you know, someone from a, a larger reinsurance entity. And then I'd be sitting next to, on the other side, an attorney who would be talking about the latest in, in sort of liability, uh, tort reform and things like that. So it really kind of expanded my mindset and also gave me an uh, opportunity to share my knowledge. Uh, and then number three is certainly the networking element was, was great. It was a great way to meet other people. And I mentioned that because as you talk about how we can really try to get more, I, I don't, I don't want to say younger. I always say new people because I think there's a huge yes. opportunity yep. in, in a few different ways. So how do we market ourselves better? I will freely admit that like most people that I talk to, I fell into this industry. You know, I, I was uh, one of the first folks out of college many years ago to get involved with what was then known as broadband technology. And I worked for a, then a small company called Comcast, like right out of school. And, you know, this is when we, I uh, was in the Baltimore area and we had four beta testers for what was then known as high speed fiber optic internet, you know, and no one knew what that was. Everyone was still dialing up on telephones and things like that. And I had a good experience there, but I had reached a point in my career where I was looking for something new. And I remember the recruiter saying, well, how about how about an insurance company? And I'm like, how about no? You know, I have no interest, right? Uh, just because the connotation was 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 not positive. And I think we have to we have to acknowledge we have not done a great job. I think we all know this of marketing. Having said that, we're at a place right now. I remember when I got my designation in 2010 with the CPCU Society that that someone got on stage at the big, there's an annual meeting where you get conferred and there's, you know, probably, I don't know, four or 5,000 people in this giant hall. And this this gentleman said that there will be 400,000 open roles in the insurance industry by the year 2020. And you hear that and you think, we'll find a way, like, you know, where there's where there's a mean, you know, we'll find a means to the end of, of filling those roles. And, and I think we all see right now, we really haven't, and we haven't attracted new people. So how do we do that? I, I think there's not necessarily one silver bullet, uh, Katie, out there. But what I do think is that we, we can all be talking about the industry in a few different ways. Number one, I think we need to be talking about the social good that we do. I don't think we talk about this nearly enough. Most people's exposure to insurance in a casual way is watching TV and seeing, you know, the ads for the various personal lines entities who talk about well coverage, you know, and then, you know, price 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 price. And, and there's an there's certainly an aspect of the financial aspect to what we do. 
But we don't talk about the fact that we're the second responders enough. You know, we're the folks like in the event of a loss, if, if you're if you're injured at work, you know, certainly you go see a, a medical professional. But but then you're talking to your insurance, the insurance company about workers' compensation and how my medical bill is going to get paid. And, oh, by the way, who's going to pay for my lost time at work and how do I get back to work? What's the return to work program? What, what are the laws? Right. If it's a property loss, you know, you're you're, you're running a small business and uh, your restaurant catches on fire. You know, we're, we're the folks who are there to help kind of put the pieces back together together financially, help get your building rebuilt, help make sure it's built up the code, you know, things like that, right? Liability as well. You know, if something happens and uh, and you're, you suffer a loss at the hands of a third party, you know, we're the ones who ideally kind of walk you through that. So I share that because I think a lot of people now, and it's not just younger people, but newer people that we're attracting to the industry, they like that feeling of, hey, yeah, at the end of the week, I definitely have a paycheck. There's no doubt about that. And certainly our industry, I think, it's a very stable industry. You know, the, the unemployment rate has always been low, but it's 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 still at a historic low. The last time I checked, below, well below 2%, well below where the national averages have been uh, for many years. And also, in some respects, kind of recession-proof. So there's, there's that financial stability aspect to it. But it's also, hey, by the way, you know, you, you can come in and really help people. You know, you can really... You can really help explain things to people. They know what they bought, right? My one of my first managers, you know, joked that you know we sell a magazine that most people don't want to buy, but everybody has to subscribe to a lot of times, right? But I think that there's there's also that element of education. You can help explain to people what you know. How can they do things? How how can they make things happen in business and be protected? So um, they, the, our corporate CEO uh, Pat Gallagher has got a a great expression. Insurance is it's it's the grease that keeps the engine of commerce going. And uh, without it, nothing really happens. So I think that, that getting the word out about kind of the, the social good that we do, the economic good that we do, those are all important things. I think the third element is the ability for you to kind of, I don't say write your own ticket, but there's so many different places you can go in this industry, especially now, and especially in the current era that we're in, where, you know, back in the old days, you know, a lot of companies or a lot of places, you know, you were going to have to physically relocate if you wanted to advance, right? If you were going to work for a big company. And the era we're in now, if you're willing to work hard, you're willing to learn and you, you're open to trying new experiences, you know, you can really advance your career to a, in a pretty significant way. Um, and, and not even in terms of title, Katie, but in terms of just, you know, financially and all that, really almost from the comfort of your own home, if, 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 if that's your desire and write your own ticket. And then the last thing I'll just mention is just the huge opportunity that we're in right now. I mean, it's crazy, but we have, you know, every day I, I see friends of mine taking a step back on LinkedIn. I use this joke all the time, but I always say that this industry is like the Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave because I know so many people who have, and I'll put it in air quotes, but retired only to, you know, a month or two later, they're back consulting, they're back working part-time because the industry is in their blood and it's what they love. And I just think that there's such an opportunity for new folks to come in. I'm really extending your question, but um, the way that I think we also attack this is certainly, you know, there are risk management programs that are out there that are great. Um, through my CPCU involvement, I've gotten uh, more involved with Gamma Iota Sigma. I'm in the Philadelphia area. So I speak at St. Joseph's University and I speak at Temple and and I hate to say kids, but those kids, they, they come out of those schools with three CPCU tests under their belt two internships, multiple job offers. So they're, they're in a good spot. But I really think we need to start, we need to start reaching out to community colleges. We need to start reaching out to high school, uh, high school students, not to make it, uh, uh, not to expand your question too much, but you know, you can, you don't necessarily need a four-year college degree 
to have success in our industry or to get started in our industry. Or you can get started in industry and work on those degrees, you know, while you're there. I earned my MBA when I was working full-time, you know, in the industry. So there's a lot of options there, but I think we need to start looking at non-traditional routes. I know that, uh, you know, my company does work with with uh, various military associations looking for folks that come out of the military and are looking for a way to continue to kind of give back. I mean, again, the insurance industry can be a good way to do that, to give back uh, to society while also earning a good income. So I think looking at more non-traditional routes is is uh, is important. But again, for me, it's just all about messaging, social good, the ability to keep the economy moving, educate people beforehand and after the fact that their greatest time of need a lot of times. And the fact that in many ways, the opportunity's never been bigger in our industry. I think those are, to me, the, the key points that we should be communicating. So you've mentioned the CPCU Society a number of times. What led you to get involved with that organization? Yeah, Katie. Thanks. I mean, it, it, so it's interesting. I kind of break CPC into sort of two categories, although they're 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 really sort of overall one uh, you know w- one theme, and that is uh, I earned my designation back in 2010. Liberty Mutual is a huge supporter of the designation, and it's something I'd always wanted. I wanted those letters next to my name. And the nice thing about the designation is that once you get it you have it for your career, right? Um, So that was a benefit. And then only after the fact that I learned that there was sort of this society, this group of people uh, in this professional organization where I could go and I could learn from them and, and, and become active in the Philadelphia chapter. And later on, I got recruited to get involved nationally. But it's been a great way for me to, to help grow myself and grow my career. I mentioned before, I think of it in terms of three bullet points, but it's that the the ability to develop my, my own leadership skills. Um, you know, I, I did a little bit of everything for the Philadelphia chapter from organizing social events to setting uh, up the new designee conferment to try to attract recent retirees to get involved with the chapter to help spread their knowledge uh, to eventually becoming the president of the chapter for a couple of years uh, and then also running Philly I Day or helping to manage Philly I Day, which at one point in time had up to a thousand people attending a one day event. It was the largest and, and still really is the largest a single day event in the Mid-Atlantic. So that was just a great experience for me. But it's also the ability to give back and the ability to um, connect with people. This is a big, big industry. And I learned pretty quickly, as I mentioned, I had a lot of experience in primary property and casualty, but I've learned so much about other elements of the industry through my involvement with uh, the society. And uh, I'm a big believer in their purpose of helping folks learn more about the industry, getting involved. There's a social good to what they do. There's a lot of uh, charitable endeavors that they're involved with that that, uh, that I've enjoyed participating in and giving back. And then uh, as well, their outreach to things like Gamma Iota Sigma, which is uh, the uh, the Risk Management Society for colleges. So I've got the good fortune this year of being able to go and speak at the, at the Gamma Iota Sigma Global Conference in September. So it's really afforded me a lot of opportunity, but I just get, I feel so energized when I'm uh, a part of that organization because of all the things that they're doing to just really try to help spread the word about uh, the industry and also a ton of outreach right now, back to your original question of how do we get folks involved with the industry? They're doing a lot of outreach to community colleges, to to various uh, risk management departments at, at universities and colleges, and then also to high schools. So for me, it's just been a great organization to be involved with. And um, it, there's a there's a crossover to very to almost every element of the industry through the CPC Society. So it's been a good connective tissue for me to uh, to get to know a lot of new and uh, new people and new friends. Looking back over your career, is there any advice that you would give to uh, either young professionals or people who are coming into the industry? Boy, a lot. I mean, I, you know, everyone, <laughs> yeah, they're really, I mean, not, you know, 
I, I, kind of a couple things stand out. One is the the importance of questions. Um, this is an industry where anytime I'm talking to someone who's newer in the in the role and they they nod their head and like, oh yeah, I got it, I got it. I'm like, that actually makes me more nervous than if they're asking a lot of questions because I don't think anybody's really truly got it all in this industry, you know. And then, as soon as you think you do, something big happens and changes things, right? So the importance of asking questions. There's an old line, you know, fake it till you make it. I mean, I, I'm more of a fan of, you know, what if you don't know, just take take the time and ask. There's a lot of good people in this industry who are willing to help you and they'd rather have you fully understand something than kind of sort of know a little bit about it and try to get by for a long period of time. So number one is the importance of asking questions. Number two, I think it's just challenging yourself. You know, I mean, it's everyone feels a little nervous when they take on a new task, you know, or a new role. But I think that take the time to challenge yourself. When I look at the regrets, not regrets in my career, but where I feel um, like I could have been more uh, assertive uh, are, are times where I've stayed in roles too long when, you know, I was kind of feeling a little comfortable or what have you. And I look back and I'm like, boy, I really wish I had I'd pushed myself to challenge myself a little bit uh, during those periods of time. And then I think number three, and this is kind of an odd thing to say in insurance, but be yourself, like find a way to be authentic and be yourself. Uh, I think that for many years, this industry was known as almost like the old IBM stereotype of like, everyone's got to be wearing a Navy suit and a red tie or what have you. And there certainly is a professional decorum you want to keep. Uh, when you're out meeting with, you know, with with clients and with colleagues and all that, but but be yourself. I mean, this is this is uh, an industry still of of relationships, and I think the ability to be authentic and to really connect with people it goes a long way because. I always think of it this way, you know, this industry is based on a promise, right? A promise to pay, a promise to support, a promise to help you get back to 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 whole, right? And people really accept promises from people they know and they trust and they like. And so I think the more authentic that you can be in the long run, it's really only going to be your benefit. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. We appreciate all of your time and your insights. And with that, I'm going to cue the music and close this out. The Next Gen Task Force is part of AROC, the only U.S.-based nonprofit association focusing on the legacy or runoff sector of the insurance and reinsurance industries. AROC serves the industry by providing education, networking, information, and data. Learn more about what we do at www.aroc.org or contact AROC's Executive Director, Carolyn Fahey, at carolyn at aroc.org. That's A-I-R-R-O-C.org. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.